0: Welcome to Market Scale Retail. I'm your host, Sean Heath, and today I have the pleasure of having a conversation with Megan Berry, the founder and CEO for Buy Reveal. Megan, how are you today?
1: Very well, thank you. Thanks for having me, Sean.
0: Do me a favor, let's get right to it. Tell me what exactly is it about retail that is just the major challenge right now? What is the pain point for the industry?
1: Right now, we're seeing that designers and brand owners have more control than they've ever had before. And I think it's a they have a plethora of decisions that they've never really had to make. And I think the, the biggest problem right now is that there used to be a very clear path to sales. And now brands need to bring that internally and make more decisions internally than they ever have before about customer experience. And a majority of brands haven't done that.
0: Are they suffering like a paralysis by analysis or is there just an apathy in the industry that they're not aggressively addressing this information? Are they just sort of continuing the momentum of doing what they've always done and that keeps them from branching out and expanding and improving?
1: Well, you know, it's different for different brands. You know, some brands have only ever had a wholesale channel and they've never had a customer relationship before. And so for the first time ever, they're trying to understand their customer, um, with very little data shared from wholesales and wholesalers and department stores. So, you know, they're kind of starting from scratch. Then at the other side, you have brands that have, you know, all been direct to consumer. And for the first time, they're bringing in real estate strategy, they're bringing in a retail arm, because they understand that they need to have physical spaces in order to grow their e especially into new markets. So I think there's just a lot of learning going on. And I think one of the biggest challenges is that different departments are needing to come together to find those solutions. And, um, you know, up until recently, we've been able to, especially in the retail, different brands have been able to kind of operate quite siloed. And now the field is becoming more multidisciplinary than ever before. And that's what's also, you know, the biggest challenge, but also, you know, the most exciting aspect of it as well.
0: So is that uh, mostly a, an organizational change from a technological standpoint, from a personality standpoint of, you know, of the franchise or of the company? Is it a mixture? What, how I mean, how does a company that is traditionally an online company, for example, um, decide, hey, we need to create some physical locations? You know, perfect example. Uh, Let's use Warby Parker as an example. Okay. Traditional, Traditional online retailer. And then they start opening some physical spaces and have been incredibly successful with that. Is that something that we're going to see happening because e-commerce is really starting to pull a lot of business away from brick and mortar retail. But when you see companies, you see companies going the other way, are we going to reach sort of a a balance between those two?
1: Absolutely. I think that most businesses will become 50-50, like 50% of their business um, e-com and 50% of their business brick and mortar. And we will continue to see brands opening up brick-and-mortar stores. Um, it will just be – its I, I don't believe it's necessarily that e-com is pulling away sales from brick-and-mortar. It's more about – it's pulling away sales from the wrong brick-and-mortar experiences, um, mainly because people just change their way they shop. You know, We no longer wake up on a Saturday morning and say, yes, I want to go to that one-day-only Saturday sale and go spend my entire afternoon at the mall. That's no longer – what we are as humans in the u.s like really excited to do anymore um so we want to go stumble upon that high street and then go find something new and exciting and be invited to a vip um you know meet and greet and that's where we want to buy our products and that's where we want to spend our time and we want to be influenced we want to be educated and we want to have that brand affinity um be you know grown and developed and those are the products that we want to buy and those are the physical spaces where we want to appear so um, I think it's really just the right brick and mortar for the right brands and the right products is, is like a new challenge for brands. Um, it's not a one-size-fits-all as it traditionally was in retail.
0: Sounds like it's finding the proper amount of experience in the shopping experience and changing it from being a process.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Like consumers really want more of an experience than they want just the process of going to buy some shoes.
1: Yes. And I think, you know, the the biggest thing is that, you know, we've seen that the word curated and, you know, being completely overused. But, you know, at at its core, though, is that people need a reason to buy. Um, You know, the average working woman no longer needs five suits to wear to work every single day. Um, so the amount of product and the amount of clothing and the, all of that um, has dramatically decreased, um, you know, supported by the gig economy, but also supported by remote working and things like that. So, you know, we're starting to see, you know, a decrease in the amount of need and desire of products, which is led to an increase in the, um, I guess, time and also, resources aware. People are just much more educated. They're, they're much more um, patient and they research more about their products and they research more and they take more time. So, uh, you know, referencing the process, which you know, used to just be, oh, I need a new pair of shoes. Or then you go and you see a pair of jeans. You like, say, so, yeah, I'll get those too. Um, that's no longer the process. The process is, oh, you know, I saw this product on Instagram by this, you know, influencer or celebrity that I really like. And then, you know, I walked into a High Street store and I saw it again, I checked the price, I learned a little bit more about it. I went to Brunch, told my friend about it, dropped by Bloomingdale's and then you know, a few weeks later I got a sale on through my email and then I decided to purchase. So like that's an extremely elongated uh, buying process that a lot of brands aren't necessarily, Um, they're, they're starting to understand and they're starting to understand where their brand and where their message and where their values kind of fit into that buying process. And that's the type of discovery of where brick and mortar needs to find its place within each brand's process.
0: All right. So you mentioned three words in the last paragraph, uh, that are very, um, new, Societal concepts, um, or phrases that a lot of people would consider to be newer concepts, and that was Instagram, brunch, high street. And for the traditional shopper, those environments, those concepts are they're just not in their wheelhouse. It's not what they normally do. But as society becomes more agile, which is inevitable. That happens. It's growth, it's development, it's progress. The physical spaces that we inhabit and that we go into to purchase items, those things have to be agile as well, don't they?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the founding principles of our company is that it needs to be agile, it needs to be flexible, and it needs to be consistently relevant to wherever people are. Um, And that's one of the first advantages of social media and of, you know, mobile commerce is that it's wherever people are whenever they want it.
0: Let's talk a little bit about Reveal and your approach to that concept of the way companies in this new gig economy that we're living in. Tell me a little bit about how Reveal approaches the change in ownership that companies are applying to how they handle their business
1: so I, you know I think that brands now more than ever are very cautious and they're really understanding that they can't just pass the buck anymore of, uh, when a product goes on sale at a wholesale or a different um, distribution channel that's something that they hear about uh, directly so it's a message that consumers will send and be like hey I just bought this product and then I saw it was on sale. And that's something that now brands are t- taking in ownership for themselves. And so they're much more, um, they can't quite pass the buck anymore. And so I think with that is that brands understand they need to be aware and they need to constantly be within that customer relationship. And it's, you know, it's really about, clo- we see our company by Reveal as a way to close the loop. For, for brands. So um, it used to just be a linear process. Brands would create products. They would sell the products to buyers. Buyers would then, you know, distribute within their stores and within their uh, distribution channels. And, you know, the designers then moved on to the next collection. Now it really is this full circle where the brands are communicating with e-commerce. They're um, have their, their retail channels. They have their flagship. They have their wholesale, but they're also responsible for the customer relationship in each one of those channels, which is something that's completely new. So with our company, you know, we, we deploy small format boutiques pretty much wherever people are. So we kind of think of ourselves as an interactive billboard that can generate sales, whether that's in a park, on a sidewalk, at a concert, within a hotel lobby. And they're fully customized branded boutiques that can be deployed within minutes. So we see our ability to be able to collect data, generate sales, and be able to have that impression uh, for brands wherever they need to be um, at whatever time that is most relevant. And I think what's interesting about it is that, you know, within seconds, milliseconds, a Instagram post can go up and be able to reach, you know, millions of people. And now we need a physical platform that can be able to do the same thing with the same type of agility. And that's what our company does.
0: You know, one thing that there's a a naval or maritime theme in the retail industry of flagship or at a mall, there's an anchor store. And I always found that a little inefficient because ships, if we want to follow this metaphor, follow, you know, they spend most of their time moving. Going from place to place, transporting objects and people from location to location. And that's sort of the concept that you've embraced. As you mentioned, you have boutiques that maybe they're a one day pop up. You have stores that are, that don't require a massive and wasteful investment in a physical location. I, I believe that there's a, a lifespan discrepancy in company lifespan versus physical building lifespan. Can you tell me a little bit about that challenge and how Reveal has sort of taken that pain point out of the process?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I really like your ship metaphor, and I think it has been um, you know misappropriated for a lot of malls, and we'll continue to see those new uses enter in. Um, but specifically, you know, as technology has become integrated into commerce and into our daily lives, that just increases competition. And we're seeing that that has also decreased the lifespan of companies within the United States. So, you know, if you look at a macro level of S&P 500, the average lifespan of a company listed was 67 years. Um, now it's 27 years. So and we're continuing to see that decrease. And if we look at the majority of our population in the employment is that a majority of people in the United States are employed by small businesses. Small businesses have a lifespan of six years. However, we're still building buildings that last 50 years when new tenants are cycling through quite rapidly. So um, I think one of the biggest things that we're starting to see is, you know, companies like WeWork um, have been extremely successful because it is no longer sustainable for corporations to rent out multi-floors or to even build their own campuses um, when there's so much flux and so much change uh, going on so quickly. And so we at reveal, like we believe that, you know, brands today may be at a concert, but during the winter time, maybe they shouldn't be at a concert. Maybe they should be, you know, outside an ice skating rink. And we understand that it, the 365-day-a-year store um, is extraordinarily irrelevant for a tremendous amount of brands. And we don't believe that it is environmentally responsible um, or financially responsible for many brands to be opening up hundreds of stores within a country as it used to be. We believe that there will continue to be flagships. There will continue to be um, a growth of e-commerce, but that a majority of the marketing and sales strategy will come from pop-up stores because that will be what is most relevant in order for brands to thrive. Stagnant does not work. Um, collaboration is the new competition. And brands need to be extremely nimble. And to stay relevant, you need to change. And change doesn't align with demanding that your customer comes to your store every single weekend in the same place seeing the same merchandise over and over again.
0: You know that's an interesting point. Umbrellas sell really well when it's raining, but not so much when the sun's out. Exactly. That flexibility from a retailer standpoint really has to it takes some effort. You have to understand and build your relationship with your customers. They don't They don't need a rain hat today. Maybe they need you know sunscreen. Or maybe they need some sunglasses. And to be able to offer the right thing to the right customer at the appropriate time seems like it would be just common sense. And there'd be a huge savings because you're not constantly stocking things that people don't want. And you're not stocking things where people aren't physically themselves. So let's talk about as a as a thought leader, you get to and are forced to have a 30,000 foot view. You really have to be looking in all directions to figure out not necessarily the direction everything is moving, but also where the actual horizon is. What do you see coming on the horizon for the industry that's really sort of grabbed your attention?
1: You know, I think the, the biggest thing is going to be flexibility and it's going to have an ear to the ground. Um, what I think is most exciting is that the retail distribution channels are going to be increasingly connected to the supply chain. So it used to be okay where you would have a runway show and the clothing would hit the floors eight months later. Um, that's no longer okay. It's now with technology, it's a see now, buy now. And so it needs to be very quick. And that is uprooting the industry from consumerism at the very core which is extremely exciting. Um, And I think one of the most interesting aspects, which we'll start to see, is that how brands start to change their product offering um, as they start to develop. So um, it now is that your creative director needs to have a viewpoint on their supply chain, how quickly things can get made, where the raw materials are coming from and how that's going to be sold and how it's going to be marketed and how people are going to learn about it in order to have a creative vision. That all needs to happen within the same meeting. Um, and there needs to just be a viewpoint on it. And previously, the fashion world in particular was had the luxury of being siloed with a particular creative vision. And then once a fashion show got the right nods for approval, it was able to get filtered into the buyers into wholesale channels. And now, you know, and that went into sim, cinema, and you know, into just proliferated throughout the mass market. But but now we we don't have that luxury, and retailers need to be able to be aware that um, you know more white noise is coming down the line, and it's not going to stop. And so there needs to be you know a constant multidisciplinary think tank about each item that's you're curating and projecting for your brand.
0: I think that there is so much movement happening. There are inventive and creative personalities and skill sets that are moving from company to company. Um, I know that recently, uh, Macy's acquired story, which was huge. Um, you know, intelligent and progressive CEOs change companies all the time. There seems to be a healthy competition in wanting to be prepared for what's next. Tell me just a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I think um, the cross disciplinary collaboration, you know, is very evident in how people are moving between organizations. So, I mean, if you look at like Jim Brett going from J Crew to West Elm, or from West Elm to J Crew, and being able to deploy, you know, similar tactics of hyper localization uh, to their retail strategy, I think is really exciting. And I think it's also um, you'll start to see different industries starting to collaborate in a way that fosters, you know, a more sustainable ecosystem. So, I mean, going back to your reference of an anchor tenant, I mean, we wouldn't have ever estimated that an anchor tenant would want to collaborate with, you know, a small store in Chelsea. But now we're seeing that there are greater opportunities in how they operate and they can each learn from each other.
0: Today, I've had the pleasure of having a conversation with a person who this has not been enough time. Megan, I'm just telling you right now, we have to have at least 47 more conversations because (laughs) I didn't have an opportunity to talk about your, uh, your career at Harvard in their graduate school of design, your work as an architect. And uh, there's so many questions I want to ask you. And I know that we're, we're up against it today because you're so incredibly busy. So just let me say that for more information immediately for the people who are listening today, they can go to buy reveal dot com to get more information about really just the cool forward thinking things that uh, you're accomplishing. And I want to thank you today. Megan Berry, the founder and CEO for Buy Reveal. Megan, thanks so much for taking the time out of your day. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks so much, Sean. It was a pleasure being a part of it and look forward to connecting again soon.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com slash industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the Market Scale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries.